0: And welcome back to Art Supply Insiders. My name is Jeff Morrow, and today we're talking to Joe Domeyer, who is the North American North American sales for Hanamula. Did I say that right? You said it right, Hanamulah. Hanamula. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, when you're just looking at it, I had no idea until you phonetically put it out there for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those where, you know, we get called hammer mill sometimes, which is a completely <laughs> different kind of paper.
0: <laughs> yes, But
1: uh, we get, honey mule is what most folks in the U.S. Uh, term us as. It's just the
0: easiest uh, Americanized pronunciation is honey mule, but honey mule. Well, the, the, the simpler, the better for me. So tell me a little bit about Mula, what? Who are they? What do they do? Well, they're, how'd you guys get here? They're new. They're new, somewhat
1: to the U.S. And I can give you a little bit, but I'll go all the way back into the the ancient history. They started in 1584 in the same source in Dassel, Germany, uh, and they have the mill has not been inoperable since that time frame. So, uh, since 1584, 438 years of papermaking. Um, primarily because of the water source that's there we are in a very uh, environmentally rich uh, neighborhood of the German it's the Solon Hills neighborhood of Germany and uh, so the water is so pure uh, in fact uh, although we do we do like to claim that the beer or the brewery in Einbeck down the down the river from us can sometimes taste our paper Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we actually put the water back so pure. Uh, we, we take out any toxins from from fertilizer or, or uh, livestock waste as well. But, yeah, 430 years, 38 years. Came to the U.S. and did uh, distribution through two companies. Uh, most folks back five years ago, 10 years ago, would know us primarily for digital uh, printing paper for the photography industry, as well as intaglio printing um, uh, papers, uh, our copper plate papers, our German etching papers, our Durs etching papers. So the more traditional printmaking papers. Well, and we were in, we introduced the full watercolor line, drawing and sketch, and um, traditional fine art line in uh, 2017 is when it started hitting retail stores. And we started showing end users uh, the the spreading the word uh, probably latter the latter part of that year, 2017.
0: So this is really our uh, first opportunity to talk to anyone about paper in the, in, in the art industry. So tell us a little bit, why, why is it that Hanamula is so different than your competitive brands?
1: The, the real key in many cases with Hanamula is that, A, we make the paper. So there's many uh, um, sources out there that you might see the name on the pad, but they didn't necessarily actually make the paper from fiber all the way to finished material or finished stock. That is what we do. In fact, many major brands that you know, in the U S we actually make some of their paper. Oh, really? So uh, it's, it's one of those things where uh, we are a manufacturer of paper products. We tend to also, because of our, size, and uh, the fact that we're still a family-owned business, we have full control over how we make our product. So we take a lot of pride in our consistency from one batch of paper to the other batch of paper to the other batch of paper. Uh, So it's something that some of the larger, if you went through some of the other brands that are out there, especially in the watercolor market, they're owned by larger um, shareholder uh, organizations, stock market organizations, that are looking for the bottom dollar every single time, and we're not. Um, we are still making paper one batch at a time.
0: Wow! So you you talked a little bit about watercolor paper, and and I know there are a couple of terms there, and I think it's for watercolor paper. Correct me if I'm wrong. We hear the terms of cold press and hot press. And then there's different weights of paper. Can you walk our audience through a little bit of that and give them some understanding? Sure. The paper is made, as the surface of a paper is made primarily
1: in its, while it's drying, so to speak. So if you have a paper, it's going to absorb or basically take the imprint of the felt that it is on. So as paper is being made, there's a fabric felt, a truly a felt fabric. That leaves an impression on the paper. And depending on how thick that felt is or how uh, rigid that felt might be, if you want to do a felt with lines across it, you can do that and create lines on your paper. So hot press, cold press, and rough are the three primary uh, uh, paper surfaces in watercolor. So a cold press is going to be a, a medium textured paper. It's most Artists are going to be very familiar with cold press. It's what they learn on. It's what they train on. It's the easiest to train on. If you're a large landscape painter, uh, Jeff, what you might be using is the rough. Because you want that rugged texture sometimes. So a rough is going to give you a deeper groove or deeper grooves and valleys between the ridges. And a hot press is just almost what it sounds like. It's a paper that's been... Uh, put through superheated rollers uh towards the end of its material or end of its manufacturing and it's like ironing out uh the wrinkles and so you're ironing basically the paper to a smoother surface
0: so cold press is so it kind of goes rough cold press then hot press if you were going for the roughest surface the next roughest and then the smoothest yep and then different weights of paper are designed or
1: developed based on how much um the speed of the equipment and or the mixture. So you might mix 10% fiber with 80% water if you're making a lighter weight paper, or you might mix 40% fiber and 60% water with a heavier paper, uh, allowing the, the paper thickness. So in paper terms, in most cases, I'm speaking watercolor here, 140 pound, or it's also equal to 300 grams. And then we have a 300 pound product that equals 640 grams. And this is similar with Arches or Fabriano as well. Um, So those are kind of the standard trades. 22 by 30 is the average size of a deckled edged watercolor paper.
0: Now, when you say 140 pound and 300 pound, is that the thickness of the paper? Is that the density? What does that really mean? It really comes down to the density of
1: the paper, the density weight of the paper. And I could go into a whole shoot and match high high tech detail, which is uh, if I had a diagram and if it was a visual, I could show you some visual. But what it is, is is essentially they're taking 500 sheets of paper to a specific size. And in our case, we use what's known as a Bristol scale and they'll weigh it. And then when whatever the weight is of those 500 sheets of paper is basically how much uh, the weight of that paper. So it really isn't about thickness, um, although, uh, of course, a 640 gram, uh, 500 sheets of that is going to weigh 640 uh, uh, grams
0: or 300 pounds. Wow. So tell me about the sustainability of your paper fibers. Is, is that a big deal with, with you guys? Well, we've we've notoriously been uh, utilizing
1: the the more standard fiber materials when it comes to making paper. We've been uh, using our cotton papers, uh, which is a is not used from the cotton ball; it's used from the seeds. So all that fluffy little fiber around the seeds when the cotton gin pulls the seed out, and uh, and then the other would be alpha cellulose. So those are your two traditional. And that's a wood pulp, usually made of pine or poplar. The other end of the spectrum is, is we started in 2008 to use bamboo fiber. Oh, Bamboo as we know is a sustainable resource. Uh, You cut it down three years later, it grows right to the same distance or thickness, cut it down again, cut it down again. Very little agricultural uh, carbon footprint, very little pesticide. uh, And it's just a much better for cleaning and purifying the air. Since then, we've now created a, an agave paper, mm. which is actually made from the sisal fibers of the agave plant, a uh, byproduct of the tequila and the health and beauty aids industry. And we make a hemp paper. And we also are now uh, creating a new uh, sugarcane paper, which will be on the market. Uh, on the digital side of our business, we do a lot of digital printing papers. It'll be, it's already there. But the traditional, where we um, I say traditional is when you don't have to plug in a piece of equipment to get your image. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it's, it's um. So on the on the uh, the sugarcane paper is something that'll be new, and that again is the bagasse fibers from the sugarcane plant. So all of which these use little or no pesticides whatsoever, and they're all byproducts of another larger
0: industry. So you said that this this plant has been going for 438 years. I mean, so I, I'm going back to the beginning, but really, 438 years, how's that possible? Well,
1: it, it really does come down to uh, when you start thinking about a variety of different. Uh, we've had been through numerous uh, ownerships. Uh, the most recent group of uh, owners that we have is a uh, group of, uh, we have six family members that are on the board and another four that are non-family members that are on the board. But it really comes down to the quality, uh, you know, and and Germans are known for their quality and and it comes down to that purity of the water and uh, the changing industries. We've, we literally, um, uh, our number one industry, which is uh, unusual and you'll, this will be new to you, Jeff, is filtration. Really? So, we do filtration papers and medical uh, industry papers. So when uh, COVID hit, uh, we were making test strips for the COVID-19 tests. So the European governments required that Hanumil stay open throughout the entire uh, process. So it, it's one of those things where, and then in World War Two, we made a uh, uh, Paper uh, for, obviously, the, the Germans at the time. Um, we also, uh, World War I, any of those, uh, uh, we were part of the, the, the community effort, so to speak, um,
0: for the Germans. Wow. What an impressive history. So tell us a little bit about the range of products that you, that you guys manufacture for the art and craft industry.
1: For, the, for that particular industry, or we like to call it the traditional arts industry. Okay. Um, uh, the traditional arts industry, <clears throat> watercolor, as I mentioned, and I've mentioned it numerous times, is our primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, if we wanted to go with our whole European selection, somewhere around 36 different watercolor papers mm-hmm. from different thicknesses from 90 gram or, or 90 pound papers all the way up to a a very heavy uh, 400-pound paper. But a lot of those are not made specifically for our style of watercolor painting. We also do some wonderful uh, books and journals. So we've taken a lot of our watercolor papers and created hardbound books and journals out of those watercolor papers. And in today's world, the urban sketching world especially, those become uh, a real... Essential tool for the artist, even on the, someone who's doing plein air painting, a lot of times they will go out and sketch in a book and then come back and paint in the studio, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Drawing and sketch papers uh, we do some beautiful cotton drawing and sketch papers, as well as alpha cellulose. Some are extremely smooth, like our Nostalgia or uh, one product we call the Blue Rooster brand. Um, it's a uh, pad with a blue cover with a rooster on it. So I should explain to you hanna mill Hanna is rooster in German, and Mühle is mill. So rooster mill, uh, back in the 1870s or 1850s, uh, the owner of the mill was last name Hanna.
0: Really? So do you, guys, uh, do you guys manufacture, I, I know they can, get, they can get the paper in pads, they can get, the, get it loose. Do you manufacture a, a pad that has an assortment of different types of papers so that maybe if they're a the crafter, they're just wanting to get into something and they don't know what paper to use?
1: Well, the, the paper that we do have, that's more of an assortment. We do have one assortment pad, and that is called the Selection 14. Uh, You'll have to do a Google search to find it. Um, I think you're going to find it. uh, There should be some uh, listed on Amazon right now. And the other, uh, there's a a dealer up in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, that's been doing quite well with it. Um, And those two, that particular paper is 14 different watercolor papers Uh, in one pad. Wow. So you're going to get... Your six forty gram is in there. Your uh, uh, four hundred gram is in there. You're going to get things called Cornwall, things called Torsion. These are some European style watercolor papers that are not normally uh, sold here in the United States. In that fourteen sheet pad called the Selection
0: fourteen. Very cool. So you guys also do pastel paper and sketch paper. Is that correct? Yeah the the traditional papers that we the the
1: uh, Ong paper, or as we like to call it here in the United States, ingress. Uh, The Ong papers are something that have been in the U.S. for almost 30, 35, 40 years. They're great in letterpress. They're wonderful in bookbinding, but they're traditionally made for sanguine crayons, uh, sepia crayons, soft pastel uh, works. We also make a velour paper. So if you're a pastelist and you want to do animals and, and wildlife portraiture, you're going to get a really soft edge with that velour because it's actually like a flocked paper. You and I recognize it as the Velvet Elvis painting.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, back in the 70s probably, 70s and 80s. But the velour paper is something that um, sells very, very well. And, again, for the pastel artist, we'll be at the uh, International Association of Pastel Societies coming up here in June uh, and featuring that particular paper. And then again, I go into our printmaking papers. The copper plate paper for a traditional printmaker is by far one of the more uh, uh, less flexible paper or doesn't, doesn't, um, trying to think of the correct term here, it doesn't expand or get crushed. So if you want to put three colors on that paper and run it through the press three times where you're going through a press that's got a thousand pounds of weight going on it, The copper plate can withstand that weight, so you can
0: get all three of those colors registered properly. Is it actually a copper plate, or is that just a name?
1: It's the name. uh, If in German, we'd be calling it Kupferdruck, uh, but uh, it means copper strike. Or uh, so basically, it's what it's saying is that you've got a plate of copper where you sketch your etch your image on, and then you use that. You coat it with ink. And then run that through your press, and the uh, the relief comes onto the paper. Oh. So it's in a, a copper plate printing process, where they actually make a the printing plate is made
0: out of copper. And I looked at your website, and I believe you guys have oil and acrylic paint boards. Is that do you still offer that? They
1: we offer uh, oil and acrylic. The the in the on the website it'll describe it as a board, but it's a three hundred gram paper. And those papers are available um, through your uh, Blick, I think, carries the the uh, uh, oil and acrylic papers. And uh, they, they are in a block form. So you've got glue on all four sides. So it means it's not going to stretch and bow as you paint on it. For a plein air painter, you can carry the full block and not worry about uh, um, that painting uh, falling out of the block or that page falling out of the block. But they're they're textured like a linen textured canvas um, with a, a oil based or oil resistant finish on them an acrylic resistant
0: finish. So let's let's talk a little bit more about these blocks. I know a lot of our audience has seen them out there and and on all four sides they've got some sort of glue or something like that and then they're trying to figure out how to open it up. But can you talk a little bit more about why is it a block and how the heck do you get it
1: open? Well, it's, it's, it's confusing to some because most, most people, when they first start doing drawing and sketching and art, they're using a pad and it's got glue on one edge or a spiral on one edge. What a block truly is, Jeff, is they will take a stack of that paper and glue it on all four sides and leave just a tiny bit of the edge without glue. So the intention is, is when you are painting on that paper, the paper stays stationary. It doesn't bow or flex or move around when you add moisture to the paper. It's, it's similar to like taping a piece of paper down onto your board or your desk and painting on it, but instead it's already taped down, so to speak. To remove the paper, uh, most artists, what uh, what I usually recommend folks doing is to take a palette knife or if you don't have a pallet knife, if you're a watercolorist because you might not use a pallet knife in watercolor, uh, run to the kitchen and grab a butter knife. Mm. And you're going to tuck that underneath the, uh, uh, the open spot in the glue and then run that knife around the outer edges of that um, to take and remove that sheet of paper. Do not, use, do not use an X-Acto knife or a straight-edge blade. Uh, you're going to either A, cut yourself, or B, cut the paper. <laughs> and we don't want either.
0: No, we don't. So no. if, if people wanted to look at your entire array of papers that are available, where do they go to see all of this incredible stuff? It's going to be on hanamula.com.
1: Uh, and uh, that's spelling, I'll, I'll give it to you.
0: There we go. I was just going to ask.
1: H a h n e m u h l e dot com. That's because you have to. You can't do an umlaut in a search engine.
0: What is an umlaut? Oh, that's the two little things. The two little dots over the u. Uh, okay, so let me let's do it again. So to pronounce it right,
1: we have to put an e in it. I'm going to repeat it again here, h a h n
0: e, m u e, h l e, dot com. So, uh, will they be able to find this? That your papers in most of the brick and mortars uh, throughout the we're talking in the United States right at the moment um will they find it in most of the brick and mortars what you'll find in in the brick and mortars is we started really in in, in 2017
1: like i mentioned with watercolor books and journals so our watercolor books and journals are widely distributed amongst the mom and pop uh, art supply stores or the brick and mortar uh, art supply stores they're also found on your uh what I call the major websites Uh, and you'll find almost all our product on uh, people like a, a, a Blick, a wet paint, a cheap Joe's, et cetera. Um, And then there are some two or three uh, Amazon sellers as well. We do not sell direct to Amazon though. We, we allow our, our dealers to uh, uh, work with that so
0: are there any major artists that you work with where they could see like on YouTube how the paper receives the watercolor or the pastels that, that the the best
1: opportunity to see it is going to be Steve Mitchell uh, is Steve Mitchell is a, a blogger on YouTube and his website is called the mind of watercolor mm. he does a variety of brands I have to be honest he's not quote-unquote, loyal, and we don't pay our, our bloggers to do this uh, for us. And then the uh, other is a, a good artist friend of ours called Sarah Simon, and her website is The Mint Gardener. The
0: Mint Gardener?
1: Yeah, Gardener, like planting mint, The Mint Gardner. Oh, really? And uh, she does some beautiful, uh, and she, she teaches in such a, a very uh, – understanding logistical way she's not talking about deep deep lifting of colors and transparencies and layers her, her techniques are very very simplified um but yeah we have a a, a wide array of of uh, other artists that i wouldn't necessarily have their email addresses on hand or their, their website on hand
0: but well, no, this would and I know a lot of our artists likes to go online and see how it's used and learn new techniques and why some paper is better for some some things than others, and this is really, really helpful so one of our other
1: uh good online bloggers who's got a huge following is uh Vlad Ylyviv, and I've got that wrong, I'm sure but his uh, uh, web address is fineart uh, dot fineartcom
0: So that's Y-E-L-I-S-E-Y-E-V-fineart.com.
1: And if you just did a Google search for Vlad and watercolor, you will find him. He is a, a wonderful supporter of our products. Again, uh, Jeff, we do not uh, pay money to get our um, bloggers, et cetera, et cetera. Everything we do is a, uh, a labor of
0: love for most of these folks because they've fallen in love with our product. Completely understand. Well, I got to tell you, we are coming to the end here, but... We'd love to have you back if there are more things to talk about in the world of paper, and I gotta believe that there probably is a number of things that we've missed.
1: Yeah, and, and if you if you could keep an eye on our uh, our Facebook profile, Hunnamill USA, uh, uh, Hunnamill USA on Facebook is going to be our um, US only social media. Uh, all our other social media is run uh, elsewhere. But I will be doing, uh, throughout the year, a workshop known as Paper Makes the Difference. And it goes through the entire manufacturing process. And this is a live and or a Zoom. So whenever that's available or uh, approaching, we will always post it on our Facebook. So folks can uh, either join in if they're in the region. Uh, it's always free. And you always get free samples. So there two free things
0: in one. We love that. And I know that paper is kind of mysterious for a lot of people. And the more information we can get out there and having people like you and your wonderful company on here, uh, I, I think we demystify it. And uh, so the, the Facebook is uh, Hanumula, uh USA? Correct. And and your and, and the little blog that you'll be doing live is Paper Makes the Difference. Correct. And is that up on Facebook right now? Is that something they can go to or is this going to happen in the future?
1: This is something that they will have to go to in the future. Um, there is one recording that's out there <clears throat> under the NAMTA website. Okay. But uh, there isn't
0: one that uh, I know that's available publicly at this point. Okay. A- any idea how far down the calendar before that'll first that'll go up? I'm going to say uh, I'm going to be recording <clears throat> recording some of the events. Uh,
1: most of these events are going to be live, but we'll be recording some of these. Uh, probably available in uh, July.
0: Great. Well, Joe. Really, really good information. And uh, like I said before, we were really excited to have someone with the paper quality and knowledge that you have and the paper quality that Hanumula has. So thank you again very much for coming on.
1: Hey, it's wonderful. Just uh, give me a holler, Jeff.
0: More than happy to. So you've been listening to the Art Supply Insiders. Check back with us often as we talk about the world of art and craft supplies. If you like these podcasts, be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast provider. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. If you want to show your support, please do consider joining our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Art Supply Insiders. Now go out and create something.